All right, so we just like to say what God's saying. We come to church because we all together uh, create, make the body up, right? So if you weren't here last week, I'm going to give you a little synopsis of basically. I talked about the lion and the lamb, which was cool because in here today we talked about the lion and the lamb. And um, we talked about what it means that sometimes Christ came as the lamb. He was gentle. He was kind. He was harmless. He, he just came in super sweet. And then there's other times it says, no, Jesus is like the lion. He comes um, with victory, authority. You know, he comes in and he has power. Um, and you know what? I'll walk into a lamb's cage. I'm not walking into a lion's cage, right? So he comes in two different ways. And then I talked about how we're Christians. We believe in Christ. So we are to walk like Christ. So we have to know we're supposed to be like the lamb, right? And then he says we're supposed to be like the lion. Those are great, but it's how do we discern which one we're supposed to be at which time, right? So we need the Holy Spirit. We talked about that that's... Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit so that we can know when I'm supposed to come as the lion, when I'm supposed to come as the lamb. So I was thinking about this, and I, I want to continue. And I, I thought about things like, um, because we're honoring Juan today, and just children, I thought about children in general. And I thought about, you know, that verse in the Bible, it says, don't bring your children to wrath. Why does it say that? There's not really, you know, it tells the children to honor their mother and father, but it says to us as parents, don't bring your children to wrath. How many of you guys have annoyed your children or done things and not listened to them and have brought them to where they're like, if you're not going to listen to me, oh, you're going to listen to me. I'm going to make sure of it, right? As soon as you pick up that phone, you're on the phone call, they're like, I need attention right now. <laughs> you hear things crashing and you're like, it'll be okay. You know, I heard crying. It's good. We're still good. But when, it says, when God says, don't bring your, your children to wrath, that's the lamb. He's saying, come in like the lamb. Come in. Love your children. Understand them. Hear them. You know, they carry the Holy Spirit, too. You're not there to beat them down. You're there to walk with them as you walk towards Christ, right? So there's times that he's saying, be careful. Make sure that's the time to be the lamb, and I thought, how many times have I brought my children to wrath? Because, you know, they're trying to tell me something, and I'll say, I know, you're fine. Mm -hmm. I've learned, you don't tell someone they're fine. You're telling me you're fine. I don't feel fine. Inside, I am not fine. We know that this will pass and that will, they'll be okay, but in that moment, they don't feel like that. How many of you guys know if someone tells you you're fine that, or, or calm down? Those two, things, those two things, literally when you say that to someone, it's saying go crazy and get mad. So if you're someone who tells someone to calm down, you're actually telling them go crazy, get mad, be really angry at me. It doesn't work, right? Just calm down. If I could do that, don't you think I would do that right now? Do you think I want to be out of control and being crazy? No. But I look, think about how many times I brought my children to wrath when gentleness and love would have actually covered it. Now, praise the Lord that I've, I know Jesus, and when I've brought my children to wrath, I could quickly be like, I'm sorry. There's times I had to come. God humbled me because, you know what? This gets ahead of me a lot. And God always made me go before the teachers, the education. I would bring my kids in a gift, and when I would show up at the school in the middle of the day, 
people are like, why are you here? I'm like, yo, because I, spe- I, said, I said hurtful words to my children, and I will not let time go by, and I need to speak to them right now. Because God's like, you're going to humble in front of people in authority because your child's important. So God's like, be the lamb with your children. Be the lamb. The gentleness and love will cover things, right? Even if they're crazy and out of control and they're wild, they're yelling at you and they're like, I hate you and things like that. Um, That tells me, oh my gosh, they're feeling scared. They're feeling that their needs are not met. Instead of saying, you know, I'm not mean, I'm the best. You know, I don't need to convince my children that I'm a good mom. I need to show them that I'm a good mom, right? I don't need to tell them, I'm a good mom. You say that right now. But we do that. I mean, that's kind of like what we're saying. I'm a good parent. I'm a good leader. I'm... If you have to say it, you're probably not. Oh. That's hard, right? If you have to go to, I'm a great leader. I'm a good mom. I'm a good parent. Other people will say that about you. Then you can say, oh, they said I'm a good mom. Now, I'm like, Lana, she leaves me notes all the time. If you know her, she's probably written you a letter or no at one time. But that's because we got to bring that lamb. And I look and I'm thinking, Lord, thank you for covering the time when I brought the lion out of season. And you taught me that repentance covered that. So if you have been there, if you're like, uh, I brought the lion into the lamb's pen, okay. Don't just be like, well, I'm just going to keep doing it because I already messed up. No, no, no. We have reconciliation. We have repentance. It changes. You know, it can cover. It restores. So if you let the lion in when the lamb should have been it can restore it can cover that in proverbs proverbs 15 1 it says a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger how many of you guys experienced that someone said i mean you stub your toe and someone starts laughing they're trying to hide it I don't know what it is about your big toe. You hit that and someone laughs. It is, a war has started. Like, you got to run. But I'm even thinking about that. Sometimes when we say a gentle answer, are you okay? Can I help you? Instead of, we think, oh, laughing's not bad. Well, it can be. That, that could be harsh when someone's in pain and you laugh at them. What happened? To, I said something last night. I can't remember what it is. And you laugh. I'm like, are you laughing at that? I really oh, I hate, you punched me in the face. Elbow. Get that on. She turned around and hit me right in the face. And she goes, are you laughing? And I wasn't laughing. Get that. But as soon as she said that, I started laughing. Yeah, so he punched me in the face last night. <laughs> on accident. Okay, got to get that on. But, and I was like, he's like, oh, I'm like, just, no, no, just give me a minute. Then you can apologize. But then he started laughing. I was like, I'm going to punch you so hard right now. <laughs> Right? And I had to roll over and get my face and be like, Lord, okay. And then I was like, I understand. It was funny because I'm like, you know, it was just funny because I, I, I have a high pain threshold, so I'm basically almost laughing in the middle of that. But do you see how a gentle answer can turn away wrath? And that's how it needs to be with our kids, our spouse, each other, the community. Don't lie to them. Don't be like, well, I'm just going to, you know, make them feel good. No, no, be truthful, but do it in a gentle way. Having a heart that is quick to recognize and repent when you put the wrong expression of Christ in 
when, you ha when you're quick to recognize and repent, that's how we build the kingdom. The kingdom is not about doing everything right all the time, making the right choice. You know, it's not about they're better at hearing from the Holy Spirit than I am. Actually, someone can hear really well, but has terrible discernment. <laughs> you ever had those people that are like, I know I'm hearing from God, and God will tell them to do something, and then they're doing the opposite. And I'm like, like Paul said it, he's like, I'm supposed to do this, and then this is what I do, and this is like, what is happening? Like, I know what I'm supposed to do, and I look at it, and I do the opposite. But if we have a heart that recognizes and repents, that's what builds the kingdom. Your kindness, Lord, brings me to repentance. You know, when we are quick to recognize, quick to repent, that's what carries maturity. That carries the maturity. That, that creates character. You see people who have good character. Things happen to create that. Bad character is easy. Good character takes a lot of work to create. That means hard situations have probably happened for them to have such good character. I always look and say the kindest people, if you listen to their story of their life, you're like, how are you so kind? How are you so sweet? How are you so generous? Because they had a lot of opportunities to build that character. People that have had everything, everything's been done for them, life's been an easy road. They have terrible character. You know, there's something about, I spoil my kids, but not to the point. Like, I spoil them out of love, but I make them work hard. And they know how much it, it, it takes the work to, you know, they've both worked in retail and things like that. They know how much work it takes to be nice and build character and be polite to people, right? Because people come in and they want their ice cream and their donuts. They want their sandwich the way they want it. Those of you that have worked in fast food, you're like, yeah, those people are scary. I feel bad. I, I've never worked in fast food. I was like, Lord, I will go, I will starve. I ain't working in fast food because you got to have some good character to be there because people be yelling at you, you didn't put enough on that. I mean, I heard stories of you working at Subway and I'm like, man, I'm kind of, I'll be scared. I'd be crying probably at that age. You guys are tough. But that repentance, that's what creates maturity creates character so that we look like Christ. So on another note, how many powers, how many principalities have we allowed to attack, deceive, and devour and destroy our lives, our children, um, the people around us, our churches, our communities, that we're just like, well, I don't want to get into that. And we've allowed powers and principalities to destroy our communities, our churches. What does that mean? Some of you guys are probably thinking, I have no idea what she means by powers and principalities because no one's ever told me that because in church they just wanted me to feel good. They didn't actually want to give me any truth and authority and actually give the word of God to me. Let's be honest. We're all like, oh, I want you to feel good here. I don't want you to feel good here. I want you to feel empowered here. I want you to feel that you have authority. I want you to feel that you can walk in Christ. I want you to feel that you can pick your brother up and walk with them. I want you to feel that you have a desire and that you have a deep burning inside you that you don't want to see people go to hell. That's what I want. I don't want you to feel good. Okay? That does not get you to heaven. That does not get other people to heaven. That sends people to hell. So I'm going to tell you what it means about powers and principalities because a lot of times we don't actually talk about that there actually is a supernatural world going on. Amen. Right? Oh, we can't talk about that. Someone might get offended. Yeah, evil is offensive to the body of Christ. 
Did you know that? Evil is offensive. It will be offensive. So what do I mean by that? Allowing principalities, allowing power to control things like pride. We're in pride month. I'm sorry, that's a principality. God did not create that. You know what? Sexual sin, sexual promiscuity, false peace narratives that are telling people that there is no hell. That is a power and a principality. It's getting real, isn't it? Because some of you are like, oh, I could never say that. You know what? It's time to get empowered. That's true. That is what the enemy wants you to say. Oh, just be nice. Don't tell people about hell because they might not like it. Well, they're really not going to like it if they end up going there. Right? I'm getting fire up today. Oh, there's no hell. Abortion's fine. You can be greedy. Be all about self. Oh, just self-care. Take care of you. No, no, I'm going to take care of everybody else, and in turn, God makes sure that I'm taken care of. Because when I become first, become last, and last, become first. I have a heart of a servant. God provides for you, doesn't he? But the world says, you take care of you. You're, you're number one. No, Jesus is number one. Don't forget that. It's easy in this world to think that I deserve this. I'm like, actually, we all deserve hell. Amen. We all deserve hell. That is what we deserve. So thank you, God, that you are number one and not me. I'm not saying don't take care of yourself and don't take shower. We appreciate that you shower when we come into a warm room. Please keep doing that. I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying there are principalities that are out, and they hate the body of Christ. There are principalities that people allow and carry on them, and they hate what you carry. Because we know dark and light, they can't reside in the same place. doesn't work. It's impossible. So you know what? You think, I've been so nice to this person. I've never said anything mean to them. But they just are terrible to me. Yeah, because they don't like the Spirit of the Lord in you. And nothing you do is going to change that. You might get an opportunity to cast some things out of them. Then, you know, you might be friends. I don't know. So, sir, you know, we're really pro-life people. And not just us because our family. The body of, body of Christ... The kingdom of God is pro-life. So if you're in that kingdom and you're like, well, I'm not, too bad. Because that's the stance, 100%. 100%. And I'm thinking, this, the church has begun to be like, oh, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings if they've had an abortion. Oh, I can't say that out in public. I have to say, whatever, if that's for your body. Uh, no. It could hurt their feelings. They might feel bad. They already feel terrible. They murdered their child. They feel bad. You, you helping them is not going to chain, is not going to, like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. They already feel terrible. If you've ever talked with somebody that has had an abortion for any reason, whether it was financial, whether they were forced, whether, whether they did it out of fear, they already feel terrible, no matter what they're saying out of their mouth. And I know that because I have counseled many women who have experienced that but instead maybe we could actually instead of saying well I don't want to say that that's wrong because that might hurt their feelings maybe instead maybe instead we should try to get them delivered from that spirit of principality of Moloch who is child sacrifice that now they have submitted under maybe we could do that how many guys would say you know if they could get delivered and not have fear and depression and pain every day of their life would that be better or do I want them to just feel okay with that, you know, in public. I'm sorry, I'm getting real. Is this, is this all right with you guys? Okay, it didn't matter if it was or wasn't. But do you understand what we do? Because we're like, I want people to like me. I don't want people to like me. I want people to know Christ. I don't want evil to like me. 
I don't want powers and principalities to think that they can come and sit down and have dinner at my table. That I'm going to tolerate the enemy's plans in my house. I am feeling fire today. <laughs> What's happening? It doesn't matter why someone has submitted to the enemy. Our job is to tell them the truth so they can be set free, right? You shall know the truth and the truth will come on, set you free. Oh, I just don't, what if, what if they get mad at me? They already don't like you. They're just lying to your face. You ever see those people and you're like, I, well, I've been in tons of churches and I'm like, that person doesn't like me. Matt's like, how do you know that? I know that. Because they're playing and I'm being real. They're playing church and they don't want anyone to be mad at them and they want everyone to like them and they want to be popular. Popularity is nothing. I've walked in most of the time, so many times, I'm like, that person doesn't like me. And they're not going to like me no matter what I do. I could give them a million dollars and they wouldn't like me. And you've probably experienced that too. Because if you carry the spirit of the Lord, people who are choosing to carry the spirit of darkness will not like being around you. They will be uncomfortable. Whew. What are we talking about, Lord? All right. But our job is not to just lie to people and say, oh, it's okay, you do you. No, our job is to bring them to Christ and offer them deliverance. Sometimes we have to be delivered from a wrong thought, a wrong idea, an, a physical pain, emotional pain. Sometimes we just have to be delivered from lies that we have believed were truth. Let's actually help people. Let's actually bring them into the kingdom instead of just saying, well, at least I'm good. At least my four walls are okay. That's so painful to watch, to watch somebody else be falling and we're like, you're okay. Yeah, there's a cliff over there, but they want to jump off it. But I'm right here. I could stop them. No, no, just they want to jump off that cliff. Are you going to let them do that? If you're a parent, if you're like, oh, my kid wants to run in the road, but they want to, and I don't want to be mean. No, you are not letting your kid run in the road, right? And all means possible. Your kids are going towards the road. I don't care if you have to tackle them, drag them by their head. I don't even care. Like, if you have to get them away from danger, you're doing it, aren't you? It's, it's, that's how we should be when we see people that, are, that powers and principalities are ruining their life and they're on their way to hell. We should love them enough to tell them the truth. Love people enough to not leave them drowning in sin. Love people. Do you understand? Love people. There's the lamb. Love people, but do not tolerate the enemy. It starts in your household. You have authority in your household. Get that atmosphere correct. Get it lined up with the Spirit of God. And then when you leave your household, put on that atmosphere and walk around with it. So wherever you walk, it's like the bubble boy. You're taking the Spirit of the Lord. And when the enemy comes close, I'm not saying you're the enemy, and you bump into them, they're like, oh. You're like, oh, yeah, you can't come in this space. This is my space, and I declare it for the Lord. Start declaring some spaces for the Lord, right? And say, oh, the devil's there. I had people, I'm going to talk about Halloween. <laughs> I had people be like, you let your kids go trick-or-treating. Oh, my gosh, that's like the devil's day. I'm like, I am not giving a day to the, to the devil. Guess what? This is a late day that the Lord has made. Amen. 
Why would I give it to the enemy? I'm going to go take the enemy's candy. I'm going to go too. I'm going to say, Mom needs some candy too. You know? And it's going to be fun. It's exciting. And you know what? We've actually been able to use it for good. We've handed out candy, give prophetic words to kids when they're running. And we don't just give little candy. We're like, you know, if you come to God's house on trick-or-treating, we're giving you big, giant candy bars. Because that's who God is. See, do you see how it's like, oh, we tolerate the enemy. No, no, no. I'm not giving him anything. we got to love the people. But it doesn't mean we have to agree with them, their lifestyles, the principalities that they've allowed. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't do that here. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't like the message. I'm sorry. I'm just preaching from the word, so... Oh, that's so sad. You know, I'll pray for you. But don't tolerate the enemy in your life anymore. We have been taught to tolerate the enemy, haven't we? He's come in as a deceiver. Oh, you just got to be nice to everyone. No, I don't. I am not going to be nice to the enemy. Just get along. I am not going to get along with evil. I'm not going to get along with the enemy. I'm not going to do it. Have I done it in my life? Yes. Did it turn out well? No. Because the same people I'm thinking, if I'm just, if I just am nice enough, if I just give enough, if I just do enough, they'll like me. They are never going to like me. I found that out. I remember, I look back as young as I can remember before I even got saved. Five years old, I was riding the bus to school. And this girl's like, well, if you bring me candy, I'll be your friend. Then it's like, if you bring me this, I'll be your friend. And I thought, nothing's going to, you're never going to be my friend. Because you're about you, you're selfish, you want your own needs met, so you're carrying that, pro- that, that principality of greed, and it's never going to change no matter what I do. So we have to realize, I will give people the truth, but I'm not going to tolerate the enemy. The enemy is the one who deceives, he lies to people, he tells them to mutilate their bodies, kill their children, steal, control others. You know, he, they want you to just agree with false narratives. That's what the enemy does. Recognize who he is. But instead, we want to fight amongst believers. I don't like that you have a woman preaching. Oh, I don't like that you have you do hymns or you do worship on the screen. You know, I just, I just don't agree, you know, with raising your hands. Well, it's in the Bible lots of times. I don't believe in healing. Why not? Does it hurt you? Does it literally harm you that someone else believes that God would heal them and, and make them not be in pain? Why are you fighting about that? Isn't that mind-blowing? That people would be angry with you because you believe that God is a healer. That God lets a woman lead people to Christ so they can go to heaven. Does this not, this blows my mind that this is where we're fighting, but then we let the enemy just walk right in. See that I got this place. I live here. I'm allowed to do whatever I want because you won't make me mad, but you'll get mad at other believers over the most minuscule things that don't matter. I don't like the way they said that. Well, probably because you got some principalities that don't like what's being said. No, we got to recognize the enemy and say, you do not live here. You do not. I'm not tolerating you. There are times when we have to stand, and you may be standing alone. You know, you guys shared about Lana. She stood alone because she said, I'm not going to tolerate even a moment of the enemy coming in. I'm not going to even let the enemy's words fall on my ears and sit next to somebody who is proclaiming evil 
I'm not even going to allow that. I look and I'm like, Lord, I need to learn from my children. They're better at it. We put the principles in, but we get lazy as we get older, right? I just want to, I look now and I'm thinking, I used to like move my whole house around on my back. <laughs> I was crazy. I'd rip up carpet. My husband's like, oh my gosh, please just stop. And I'm like, I can carry this up. I could do this. Just put it on my back. Like I, I just take a whole table and and move it. He's like, how did you move that? I'm like, oh, I just like strapped it to my back and walked around with it. He's like, oh my gosh. But now I'm like, hey, could you like push the footstool over here? <laughs> so bad. You know, it's easy to get comfortable because I'm used to living in, in the kingdom. It's easy to get comfortable and be like, it just feels good in the good parts. But when I had to fight, when it was for my children and, and their lives were in danger, I'm like, I will stand up. I'm, I'm almost... I didn't get in a fight with a nurse, but it was close, telling me my child's not going to live. And I'm like, you better get behind me, Satan. She's like, this lady's crazy, but Satan got behind me, and my child's alive. Amen. And she lost her job. See that? A nurse wanted me to take medication that was not for me. God said, it's not for you. It would have killed the baby. And I said, no. I did call her Satan because I was a little emotional. I said, get behind me, Satan. She got mad, thought it was crazy. She did it to somebody else. She lost her job. Malpractice. Do you see how we need to hear? We need to know when the enemy's there. People are like, oh, they're a doctor. They want good for you. You don't know what powers and principalities. You better ask God first. Doctors are great. They have wisdom, but God trumps that, doesn't he? They said, take this medicine. And I said, I don't think so. God said, no. You're going to take it. And she's like, you need to believe that you have this. And I thought, whoo, I don't think so. But my husband's probably thinking, oh, you don't know who you're dealing with. She has eight siblings all older than her. You. And then the, we had another nurse. She was actually nice, but she kept telling me to lay down and, and rest during labor. And I was like, that lady's going out. And my husband's like, what? I'm like, she's going out. And he's like, you need to leave. He's like, why? She's like, because my wife's taking you out of here or you're going out of here. I'm hooked up and I Hulk smash and I rip all the cords off and they're like, I'm leaving. I'm like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Don't just tolerate because you know what? Both of my children, this one's life was in danger at that time. And that nurse, I'm thinking they're carrying that. You're, you're, you're getting out of my atmosphere because I'm not going to tolerate that because her life depends on it, right? We need to act like that with the enemy. I'm not going to tolerate the enemy. Matthew eleven twelve. it says, Since the time of John the Baptist, baptizer came until now, God's kingdom has been going forward strongly. Do you guys believe that? God's kingdom has been going forward strongly. And people have been trying to take control of it by force. Enemy's still doing the same thing. It's not like, oh, Jesus went to the cross. He paid for everything there, but the enemy's still scheming. He's still trying to do the same things. He wants, he wants the glory. He wants all of that. He wants as many people under his authority as he can get. That's his goal. But we know that the kingdom of God is going, by, by going forward strongly. We cannot let the enemy take control of the kingdom of God. We cannot give things that, are, that God gave us and hand it over to the enemy. Does that make sense? I told you this week is going to be good. That's why some people didn't come back. <laughs> I said it was going to be hard to hear. Because sometimes we have to hear the hard things so we can actually do them. If no one ever tells you, do you ever say, I didn't know. 
Like there's times where like people have been sick and then I found out later, I'm like, I didn't even know. I'm so sorry I would have been there. I didn't know. You can't know what you don't know. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If we want our faith to increase, we've got to hear the word of God. If we want to know God's character, we've got to know what he's like. That means we've got to know his word. We've got to be in his word. We can't just do the God is love. He who lives in God, he lives in love, lives in God, and God in him. We can't just sit on that scripture all day, right? There's other scriptures in the Bible. We've got to know it. We've got to know his character. We've got to know that character of the lamb. We've got to know that character of the lion. And we've got to know discernment when to use it and what God wants us to do. When we are dealing with the body, when we are leading people to Christ, we want to make sure that we're using the lamb. Something's happening. Um, but when, we, when the enemy's like, I'm coming to kill, steal, and destroy, we got to know, all right, lion's coming. Lion's coming. We must be the lion towards powers of principalities and people who have chosen to side with or allow those powers and principalities and, and evil because they will suffer at the hand of righteousness. We all have a choice. But I'm going to side with righteousness. It doesn't matter if it costs me everything. We have to side with righteousness, which is Christ. They're not going to be my friend anymore. They were never your friend. They were never your friend. The difference is Jesus died for all people, unlike principalities. So even if someone's carrying something of the enemy, maybe they have an oppression, maybe they have a possession. I don't know. There's lots of things going on in the supernatural. Christ came to die for the person, didn't he? It doesn't matter what's going on. He still came for them. Unlike principalities, people can be brought into reconciliation to Christ. But not if we're being a lamb with evil. Right? If we never tell them, if we just lie to them because we're like, oh, you're going to hell because you don't know Christ, and I don't want to say that because that seems harsh. Instead of saying, you know what, there's someone who loves you. I could come in like the lamb and say, you know what, there's someone who loves you, someone who gave everything for you, that no matter what you have done, no matter how terrible it is, that he died on the cross for you. And he doesn't want you to spend an eternity separated in hell from, from him. He wants you to have all the blessings of power and authority in heaven and righteousness. See, that seems okay, but if you're like, you're going to burn if you don't turn, that's not Okay. <laughs> difference how we say it the lion no i say that to the enemy oh you're our, you know what your time's coming ha 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 but to people i'm like it doesn't matter if the enemy's there i'll be like you know what you just sit down i'm gonna talk to them for a minute there's times i've had to do that people have carried those things and i'm like i can't believe some of the conversations a lot of times god doesn't let me know till i've already said things like one time there was this, this woman and she was living in homosexuality and she brought her kids to youth group and, and I don't know why I said this. I picked out of all the things to say. I said, and we believe in one man and one woman. And I didn't know why I said that. And she goes, she said, you know, I'm homosexual. I said, oh, I said, well, I said, we still believe in one man and one woman. And I said, and so then God's like, ask her when that started. And I said, hey, can I ask you something? And she said, sure. And I thought, okay, God, I'm listening. And, I, and she said, actually, I went through a really traumatic event, and I went to church. You guys, this is, ter this is terrible. I went to church, and I went to get counsel from 
a woman in a church and she brought me into homosexuality in a church. And I thought, you know what? And her kids came for a season and I just loved her and I said, we can disagree, but I'm still going to speak the truth no matter what. I'm still going to believe the truth. I'm still going to believe the Bible and I can still love you. I can still, I still see her and say hi to her, say that I'm praying for her, that God loves her all the time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I'm not going to be like, oh, you just do you. No, I want her to know the truth and know that the enemy had a plan for her to destroy her life. But God still loves her. And now I'm getting into, I know I'm talking about a lot of things that people, you don't really hear in church because we're scared of it. We're scared what someone might think or what if someone's in there. You know what? There's lots of people that are dealing with all sorts of different things that are harming their life. We have to give them the truth. We have to give them the truth because they can be brought into reconciliation to Christ, right? We have to love them enough to say, I'm not going to let the enemy lead you down that path. I'm going to give you the truth. It's their job to choose it. You can't, don't force it down their throat. Can't do that, can you? How many times has that worked? No. When you say God hates this, or God, you know what? No, God loves you. I'm going to come in like the lamb. God loves you. This is what his word says. I don't like what his word says. Oh, that's so sad. But this is what God's word says. Love the sinner, hate the sin. We hear that all the time. I gotta love this, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. Yes, that's a nice little saying, isn't it? What does loving the sinner look like? I would say telling them the truth, not tolerating their delusions of sin, because it says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So tell people the truth, but don't run up to random people and be like, I see you're living in sin, I don't know you, but I'm, no, no, I'm talking about people close to you, right? You are not there for everybody. You are there for the people that God has put in your life, in your circle, in your area of influence. We all have different areas of influence because we're a body. We all do different things. So I'm not going to just go knocking on doors and be like, could you please confess your sins to me? I want to know how to help you. That would be weird, wouldn't it? But no, telling people the truth and not tolerating that delusion of sin. And they, do you love people enough? This is... Do you love people enough that you truly want to see them set free and enter the kingdom of heaven instead of hell? Do you love people enough, or is it just easier to keep the peace? I have a lot of siblings that don't like me, and the reason they don't like me is that I serve Christ. That is their sole reason for hating me. And I have to keep going, and I have to put boundaries, because you know what? If that is the reason, I know what I am up against. But I got them because I pray every day that God sends laborers into the past, so they're gonna, that, that power principality that's on them is going to be so annoyed. I'm going to keep praying. I'm like, Lord, send them, send them, send them, send them, send more. Send masses. I prayed for one sibling. God moved him to the Bible Belt. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you can't even go outside without somebody telling you about Jesus. They were in Oklahoma. Come on. And I thought, you know, God, you're good. I don't have to do it all. I just have to believe and pray. But we have to love people enough that we want to see them set free. We want to see them in the kingdom. We want to see them. Even the people that have hurt us the worst, it's like, Lord, I want them to know you. Even if it's the last thing I do with them, I want them to know you. 
We cannot be just content with at least just going to heaven. You know, I just want them to like me. My husband told me many years ago, he said, friends are overrated. Because <laughs> I was like, well, I have these friends. He's like, those are not your friends. When we, were, we first got, like, we were dating, and I was like, oh, I have all these friends. He's like, those are not your friends. He said, they don't even like you. I was like, that hurt. <sighs> He's like, they don't. They're using you. They like how you make them feel. They like to elevate themselves over you. They would say things. It's kind of like the backhead in comments. He's like, they are not your friends. I'm like, yeah, they are. You're being mean to me. I don't have any of those friends anymore. You know why? Because they were not my friends. He had more wisdom than me. I wanted people to like me. I was content that I'm going to heaven wherever you're going. I don't care as long as you like me. <sighs> don't raise your hand on that one. I mean, because, like, our popularity is so much more important than others' freedom and, and eternity, right? Oh, I want people to like me. I want to just get along with everyone. You can have, you can get along and still have boundaries. You can get along and have disagreements. If you, ha if, if you have a family, you have disagreements. Kingdom of God is a family. It's the family of God. We can disagree and still love people enough to speak the truth to them. You know, that's the tribe of the Lion of Judah right there. I'm not allowing, I'm not tolerating, I'm not affirming evil. Do you guys know sometimes when we say nothing, what does it do? Makes people think you agree with them. I always say, because I'm like, if you just say nothing, people are like, they agree with me. And you're like, I was just standing here. I've had that, I've learned over the years, I've counseled many people, and they're like, well, Sarah said this. I'm like, yeah, because you gave me half the story, so I'm just giving you the wisdom for that half. You didn't tell me, you said they yelled at you. You didn't tell me you came in and punched them in the face. I mean, like I deal with teenagers, so like you're saying they're mad at you, and you're, they're yelled at you, and they said mean things to you, but you didn't tell me that you said mean things and did terrible things to them first, and then I'm telling you to set a boundary up, and you, instead of repenting, because you didn't tell me the whole story. How many have been there? You've been the evil person because somebody came and whispered in someone's ear. That's a principality that likes to whisper and keep things secret that don't need to be secret, right? That like to tell half-truths. Y'all recognize that's not God. He doesn't tell whole truths. He doesn't wrap a truth in lies or wrap a lie in truth. He only tells truth. Whether you like it or not, you are under the influence of a spirit at all times. All times. You guys know that? All times. 24-7, you're under the influence of a spirit. It's either the Holy Spirit or something else. There's no, well, this could be, you know, it's just me. No, no, no. You are under the influence of the Holy Spirit or another spirit. If I lash out and yell at someone, that's not the Holy Spirit. He doesn't act that way. He never acts that way. He never has a bad day and says, I'm just tired, I'm just hungry, just shut up. He doesn't act that way, does he? So if I'm acting that way, i got to be like, ooh, Holy Spirit, come back, come, get, back get back in authority. I don't like what this is, what's going on. So if we, re if we walk around and really think about that, like when we say something, we think something, when an idea pops in your head, you ever, 
Okay, I'm be crazy now. Like you're driving and it's like, I should crash my car. How many of you guys have experienced that? Yeah, see, some of you guys are scared like I have, but I'm not going to say it because it makes me sound crazy. Yeah, you've all experienced things like that. Like, what if I just did this? Yeah, because that's the enemy. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's another spirit saying, hey, kill yourself. Hurt yourself. Harm yourself. And you're thinking, I'm like happy. Everything's going good. Why would I think that? Because the enemy always is coming in. He wants to infiltrate. He wants, he wants to harm. He's looking around to see when, where, why. That's why we got to realize I'm under influence of a spirit at all times. I want it to be the Holy Spirit. I want him to have full authority in my life. And when I don't, I want to be quick to repent, quick to reconcile to the Lord so that I can hear, I can feel, I can experience the Holy Spirit correctly. Right? Amen. I think that deserves an amen because I need to hear the Holy Spirit. You need to hear the Holy Spirit. I like to deal with people who can hear the Holy Spirit. If I have to go to a store, if I have to deal with um, teachers, like, I'm so blessed to have, like, my kids, I just quit going to teacher conferences because they're like, they're just good. I'm like, you know what, say something bad so I can at least have something to do. No. (laughs) But I do, but at the same time, you like it. Like, when I go, sometimes I would set up the teacher conferences. Like, I didn't really need to go. My kids were self-sufficient by the time they were, like, 12, 13, like, with, they didn't need me to tell them to do homework or anything like that. So I went so I would feel good because <laughs> they're like, oh, your kids are so awesome. I'm like, oh, you know. We like it when people hear from the Holy Spirit first. Right? We like that good feeling. We like it when people talk to us, when they have the Holy Spirit present on them. You know, we like that. Unless you're in rebellion or sin, you're not going to like it because the Holy Spirit's going to be like, no, we don't do that. And you'll be like, but I want to. And they're like, I'm um, sorry, I just don't do that. I never do that. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna go along with sin. You guys do that. No, there's no um, excuse that will convince the Holy Spirit to be like, yeah, you can do that sin. That's all right for a season because I know what they did to you. No, no, no. We're always under the influence of a spirit. Let it be the Holy Spirit. Don't just leave people in the hands of the enemy because they might not like what you have to say. Adolescence, it's so hard. Those of you that are young, that is hard, right? We know. And what happened is, because no one told you, hey, you can do this, you can stand alone. I remember my kids, I would be so hard on them. I, you know, Layla's so sweet, and I kind of wrecked her. And I did. Because I had to be so hard on her because she was so sweet. It's a lot harder now, but I had to be so hard on her because I said, people are coming for you. Because your heart is so sweet and so kind, you have to be ready. Because when you go into middle school, when you go into high school, you know what? They're going to want you to be like them. They're not going to like that you're standing. They're not going to like you to say no. And, and it's going to be hard because you have to stand alone. I know this. I'm putting you in here. You know, so I used to be so hard on you, and I'm so sorry. Because I'll look now, and sometimes I'm like, where's my sweet girl? I mean, she's definitely sweet, but I mean, she was so tender, and I thought, oh man, the world's going to eat you up because they, they want to harm you. But we can't leave people in the hands of the enemy because they might not like what we have to say. So I would tell her, I'm like, people are doing this. You cannot be friends if you have to stand alone. And I would be really hard on my kids, and I'd go in my room, and I would just cry. Because I'm like, I don't want my kids to have to go to school like this. I don't want my kids to have to experience this pain. I don't want my kids to have to walk 
in that and experience the enemy attacks, right? We don't want people in, that we love to experience that, but sometimes we have to say, that's right. So I had to say, I'm putting you in. I'm sending you out into this world. I'm sending you out there, and bad things are probably going to happen. You're going to get hurt. People are not going to like you. But live and speak the truth still. Put a high expectation. Because now, don't you guys have good lives? Tell me. <laughs> like when you say you have great lives, and it's not my delusion, right? You have good lives. You love your life now. You're thankful for that time. But it was hard. And that's what we have to realize. Don't just leave people in the hands of the enemy because it's easier. It would have been easier to just be like, oh, live however you want. Just don't let mom and dad know what you're doing. I'm like, that would get, as a mom, I see that smile. You do that. We're handing them over to the enemy. We're handing our friends, our family, our people, our church, everything. It's like, well, I don't. We have to say, I'm not going to tolerate the enemy. Grow up, seek maturity in Christ. I'm going to finish this. Seek maturity in Christ where you can recognize what and where to be the lion and when to be the lamb. Jesus was never the lamb with the enemy. Can we agree on that? He was never the lamb with the enemy. Let's pray.